a life has been good. I can't complain. When I ask, God gives me strength to rise again. When I'm weary from the struggle of it all. So I listen, listen to his words. And Jesus sounding sweeter all the time. Seems like lately always on my mind someday I'd leave this world behind me and Jesus was sounding sweeter all the time But we have that blessed hope that Jesus gave. Oh, my God, would wipe the teardrops from your eyes. When we meet him in this land, beyond this time oh jesus oh you're sounding sweeter all the time seems like lately he's always on my mind someday I'd leave this world behind oh Jesus oh you're sounding sweeter all the time life has been so I can't complain when I ask God gives me strength to rise again when I'm weary from the struggle of it all listen oh Jesus how oh, I listen oh to your words oh Jesus 
Oh, you're sounding sweeter all the time. Seems like lately he's always on my mind. Oh, someday I'd leave this world behind me. Jesus, oh, you're sounding sweeter. Yes, you're sounding so sweet, Lord. Your precious words is so sweet, Lord. My God, it's so sweet, Lord. Your hope we have in our hearts that burn beyond this world, Lord. My God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're sounding sweeter and sweeter. In spite the storms, in spite the trials, in spite the ups and downs, you are sweeter. Oh, Jesus, you're sweeter. You're sweeter, Lord, you're sweeter. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're sounding sweeter all the time. All the time. All the time. Yes, I'm sweet all the time. Oh, Jesus, yes, I'm sweet all the time, Lord. All the time. Seems like lately is always on my mind. Oh, someday I'd leave this world. song it's always been a blessing to me as an individual when I hear someone sing with the spirit and sing with the understanding thereof and um, 
We can't run away from the fact that even though we would not have services that are carried away with emotionalism, we are emotions, we are emotional. And um, we have all our senses, and thank God that some of us still have most of it, but to cry is a part of our humanity. To be touched by God and uh, have conviction reign in our lives is a part of our humanity. And so I appreciate that song today. It's um, Christmas, Christmas season. Tomorrow is Christmas Day, today is Christmas Eve. And um, I was telling the Sister Carol earlier, I said, maybe I'll borrow your guitar and I'll sing. What was the first song I said? No, no, I told her. Oh, right. I started with sing, singing Oh Christmas Tree because when we were small and I went to a concert, uh, that, is, that is one of the songs that I'll sing. Um, Little Christmas tree. You all think I can't sing, right? <laughs> no one to buy you little Christmas tree. What a... What a silly song, but I love the song. I think Nat Ken Cole did a good job. And then in a religious form, I um, was asked a couple of times to sing. And then I sang, C is for the Christ child. You know that one, Brother Hammond? You know, C is for the Christ child, born upon this day, H for herald angels. In the skies. R means our Redeemer. I means Israel. S is for the star that shone so bright. And if somebody is just catching this part of the service, they say, oh my God, Brother Singh has gone weird. <laughs> I also sang O Little Tongue of Bethlehem in a cantata one time. I must have, must have been 14 years old, 13, 14 years old. And they had floodlights on me, and I was singing, O Little Tongue of Bethlehem. We really enjoyed Christmas. It was always a sentimental season, a time for fun and frolic, giving gifts, and eating more than you can handle. But times have changed, and I can't change the world. I'm living in a world where we depend on society for a lot of things. I pay my taxes very faithfully, and of course I wait for income tax return. And I don't have ways of robbing the government, no. I pay my tax, and uh, prior to paying the tax, I make sure that I support the church financially, even though we're not wealthy people. Sister Chandra is retired, and I'm retired uh, from the secular world. I still pastor this church, and I, by the time the church takes care of all my taxable benefits, I got no money left. But I find that when I give to God, He never fails. He blesses me back, not with a million dollars, but He blesses me with health and endurance, and the most, the greatest of blessings of all is when I stand behind this pulpit and God touches my mind 
and I say things that I'd have to go back and listen to, to comprehend. Because God is good, and he's a wonderful God. And so today, when we're thinking about this Christmas season, uh, it is not a Christian celebration. Christmas comes from the word, it's, uh, it's actually, it's a combination of two words, Christ and Mass for Christ. Now, I'm not a Catholic, and I'll never be a Catholic, but it's a Mass for Christ, Christmas, Mass for Christ. And uh, Christmas celebrations started in sometime in the fourth century under the, the, the ruling pagan Roman government. You know, like during that time, Christianity under some of these so-called converted uh, Romans they started Christmas, and you find Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, and uh, you know, and all the other fantasies that came along with it was from pagan backgrounds, and even the Christmas tree um, in Jeremiah, it tells you find that scripture in Jeremiah and flash it up. I'm not going to even turn to that because I'll talk a little bit about the birth of Christ today, and. Um, Someone uh, sent a message to me and says, you know, Jesus, I know Jesus was not born on the 25th of December because the 25th of December was the birth of the Son God. And so when the Catholic Church, Latin Christianity wanted to bring people and convert them, if you were praying to the Son God, then they will tell you, no, no, it's not the Son God, it's the Son of God. And so they brought pagan people in, and the pagans that came and got converted, so-called converted to Christianity, brought all their pagan customs with them. In, I, in Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, uh, go down further on, it says, Thus said the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heavens. Like you get carried away with the, we, the way of the heathen, uh, the unconverted individuals. And uh, Jeremiah is telling them, God is telling them through the prophet Jeremiah, that you should not learn the ways of the heathen. And uh, this, is not, this is not the origin of the Christmas tree, but it's one of the sources it came from. It says, uh, back up a little. Uh, it says, um, For thus said the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of the heavens. That you look at the signs of the heavens, and you get carried away with a star. Oh, last night we were looking at an amazing um, display of the planets. Uh, Timothy found something online, and he was showing us a display of the planets. And if you count this entire universe... And you put a grain of salt in my hand. Think about this entire building here. And then you take one grain of salt and put it on my hand. That's the size of our sun. Which is lots of times bigger than the earth. You can't even find the earth. We are so small in a vast universe. And that is why I believe the world around us and the galaxies and the universe and the expanse of space and we were looking at the the amount of black holes they have things that are beyond man's comprehension 
No wonder some people start to pray to Venus and Mercury and the stars of heaven. And they even put uh, Mary in among one of, one of those. She is called the Queen of Heaven. I'm not sure if the same scripture has the Queen of Heaven, but let's, let's read this one first. The signs of heaven for the heathen, the unsaved people that are not Christians, are dismayed at them. They get carried away with that. Next. For the custom of the people are without profit. Vain means without profit. For one cut at a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workman with an axe. He goes out and he cuts a tree. Well, I can tell you what tree, evergreen. He cuts a nice little evergreen, you know, that kind of evergreen tree. And the Bible says he does that. And then he deck it with silver. Here's the tree. He decks it with silver and with gold and fasten it that it wouldn't move. You get a bottom, you gotta nail it down, right? So the tree is not moving. But it's all, all kinds of fancy stuff. But Jeremiah says, the people used to worship that. And today, today, someone says, well, I don't worship my Christmas tree. Yes, you do. Anything that holds a priority in your life, whether it's your job, your face, your car, or something else in your life, worship is spiritual and idolatry is subtle in our day. Anything you give, take your attention and take your praise and you give glory to, becomes an idol. And someone, I can't wait for Christmas to come to put up my tree in the house with all these things. And, you know, hey, you want to do that, suit yourself. But um, for me, I'm just telling you what I think it is. It's pagan in its origin. It is pagan in its origin. And when it says... Don't be afraid of the tree. People back there used to be afraid of that Christmas tree. They put it there, they worship it, they pray to it, and they're, pray, they're afraid that it might curse them. Today, they just drink their rum on the Christmas morning, you know, kind of a, a have fun and frolic. And it says they're upright, they're like the palm tree, they speak not, and they must needs be carried. They can't speak, they can't move. Because they cannot go, be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also in them to do good. They're neither, they're lifeless, they're helpless. They can do good, they can do evil. For as much as none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in, uh, in might. Uh, who would not fear thee, O King of nations, for to thee that it appertain for as much among the heathen, blah, blah, blah. Do we have one with Mary, uh, the Queen of Heaven? Jeremiah 7, 18. Jeremiah 7 and verse 18. And so Mary worship was also from the past. Um, the, the terminology, that the terminology Virgin Mary is incorrect. She was a virgin until she brought forth Jesus. And when Jesus was born, Jesus had brothers and sisters. And uh, you know, I can pretend I don't know that Virgin Mary and you go on with all that um, nonsensical theology. She was not a virgin. After she brought forth a son, she was not a virgin anymore. And there's a deep lesson 
that I, I can teach on the virgin birth. Why the virgin birth? And uh, it will be for ministers only, not for saints in the congregation. It's a deep concept that I'd like I could share with ministers. Uh, if they wouldn't want to hear, they'll think I'm wacko. But the virgin birth had a purpose, not only to provide a sinless uh, child, a child not contaminated by an earthly lineage of a fallen nature, but there's another purpose for that. Anyhow, Mary's not a virgin, but uh, when they try to put Mary, they associate her with this here. It says, the children gather wood. This sounds like our day. The children gather wood. And the fathers kindle the fire. And the women knead the bread. The dough, the bread. To make cakes to the queen of heaven. And so back there in pagan times, they said, that's Mary. And so to make a Mary with a heel around her. And uh, carrying a little Jesus, the Madonna. And all of this is, has a pagan origin. See, sometimes in a world where knowledge is at your fingertips, don't be naive to accept everything someone is saying out there. Like this morning, as soon as I open my com computer, it says um, um, T.D. Jakes. They said T.D. Jakes has a scandal against him. And you know, um, a lot of things they say, I was not interested in reading the rest. I just read a little part that says it might not be true. But one day, very early, keep your scripture there. Uh, one day, very early, I got up and there are some experiences I had in life that motivates me. And so I was in Rochester and I decided I was going to sleep in the living room next to the fireplace. Uh, so I, they made a bed for me to sleep on and I'm sleeping next to the fireplace make sure it's always lit I love to do things like that and I'm sleeping and early in the morning early in the morning I got up and made sure the fire was on opened my iPad and the screen is all blank and there was something written on it I said I didn't do this where did this come from and so there was a play button on this black screen. And I pushed play and there was a message of warning from the late, he's dead now, he's gone, but he was a very strong man saving young people in New York City. And I'm listening to this and it was a cry that when I heard that message, it changed my direction. I felt I should not be going to North Carolina. Here was something I felt God was telling me of one message. And that was excellent. So today I'm following Dave Wilkinson. No, no, no. That was a message. Just like when um, Balaam said, uh, the people shall not dwell alone. It was one message that he used. And I love that message, but I wouldn't follow Balaam. But that lesson was meant for me. And I listened to it, start to pray, close my iPad, and when I open it back, I can't find a single thing to do with the message. I remember what it said, and I could not find it again. 
And I told Brother Richard, I said, you know, this thing happened to me. And he went eventually and found it. And so I knew who, it's, who was it that was praying this prayer. And so not so long ago, I was having a few battles, a few things that I had a ch was challenged with. And I uh, got up in the morning uh, back home here and I opened my iPad and there was T.D. Jakes. Now I think a lot of times a preacher is like a joker. And there's a lot of things he did do and carry on that I really don't agree. But that morning I decided to push the play button. And that man preached a lesson that challenged my life. Now, few people, I go to a convention and I listen to 20, 30 preachers preach and nothing come through here, go out there. Maybe five minutes of what is said inspires me. Maybe 20 preachers get up and to me, they're just repeating educational stuff. But when a man gets up and God anoints him and he, when you speak from your heart, my heart receives it. When you speak from your head, it goes through my ears, come through the other one, and it's gone. When you're there to educate me about all kinds of stuff, thing, I am not there. So T.D. Jakes changed my attitude to life. And uh, whether the scandals they have about him is true or false, I don't know. Wouldn't that be something if they scandal David? He had a lot of wives, and he killed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to read the Psalms. No, 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 no. He was a human that had flaws, and his flaws does not hinder the truth that he preached. He's a part of this Bible. And God saved him before he died. And I pray that God would save every one of us before we die. What about Solomon, the wisest king that ever lived, according to scripture? Solomon's ruin was, he had 700 wives. And if that was not enough, he had 300 concubines. And how did he have these wives? Anytime someone wants Solomon, his kingdom not to attack their country, they bring one of their daughters and says, can we make an allegiance with you here? Have my... It doesn't mean he's flirting around with 700 women. It means that they just give him another wife and he added to the list. Uh, some of you brothers wish you were like God. <laughs> All right. And Solomon was said to be the wisest king in all the land. But because he could not take a stand for something, he fell for anything. As an individual in this church, you must learn to take a stand for something. As a young man, that was me. I decided I was going to serve God. I don't care. I love my mom. I love my dad. I worked and helped them for two years. But I believe I wanted to serve God and that's how it was going to be. And no matter what, that's what I did from the time I was 18 years old. Went full time. Trusted God for every meal that I ate. I got married to someone that was from a so well-to-do family. And she went full-time into missionary work with me. And we trusted God for every meal. Did we ever starve? Never. 
Never had $10. Sometimes you go down to $10 you got in the bank, but we never starved and we never asked anyone for help. And that was the beautiful thing about living for God and trusting God. Solomon got influenced. He couldn't hurt this woman's feelings, so she said, can I bring one of my idols into the temple? And she put an idol there. See, a Christmas tree is an idol. Whether you want to put Jesus hanging on it, or little baby Jesus hanging on it, it's an idol. If you're a child of God, get rid of the idol. Solomon brought our altars into the temple, and that was so sad. And you as an individual, you want to decide you want to serve God, then that's a good decision. You're strong enough to decide, here is what I want to do. I want to serve God. That's a decision that you have made. Then live up to it and serve God acceptably. That he would accept that. And so when we think about the origin of these pagan things and customs, uh, we look at the, it says the child, children gather wood and the fathers kindle a fire and the women need the bread. It's like everybody getting ready to do your, your Christmas baking, your Christmas shopping, you gather things and the parents cooperate with the children. And a lot of good men are destroyed because they have to cater to the kids. And so Mary in today's world is called the queen of heaven. If Mary gets resurrected from the dead, she's not in heaven, but if she gets resurrected from the dead and see what people are doing, she was a good woman. She had a few flaws, but she was a good woman. She was chosen to carry the babe Jesus. And that is why we're here today. We're finished with that. Um, we're here today and I'd like to take a little bit time now it's uh, four minutes to 11 o'clock. Is that what it says? It's closer to 11 o'clock. I will talk to you for about 15 minutes uh, past quarter past 11 or 20 past 11. I promise. And if you got your Bibles, let's look at uh, the, there are four Gospels in the Bible. And uh, <clears throat> these Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And when we want to look at some things, we need to find out what the scripture says. Now, here is something that a lot of preachers would be upset with me, but I've got an English Bible. Jesus did not speak English. Well, brother, saying you need to get the Greek. He did not, I don't know if he spoke a lot of Greek. He was probably speaking a little Hebrew, a little Aramaic, and a little bit of Greek. I love this book but when I read this book I have to read the book defensively because if I stand here and put something to you that's incorrect I'm destroying your spirits and your soul I must make sure that as I give you interpretation of Scripture it must be what God accepts and what God would be pleased with and not something that I manipulate the scripture to suit my own self and to give an interpretation to make us all happy. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to give you the reality of life. And that is something we have to understand. 
So, bottom line, as we look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a little bit each, you will find out Jesus was not born on the 25th of December. That was created by a pagan society and Catholicism and Latin Christianity and the Romans. In the 4th century, Christmas was celebrated. Mass for Christ. Uh, there are little things about it that you don't know, and that is, uh, there were, when you see a manger, a little sign there with a manger, and three wise men, and some shepherds, and, you know, angels all standing there. It's not like that. Um, there were shepherds in the field, and that makes, they were watching their sheep and feeding them snow in December, you know, like it's very cold. No, it was not said November, and I don't have time to get in to show you from the Bible why I conclude that Jesus was born in October. Of course, we have January, February, March, April, May, June, July, and we go on the whole calendar. It's never found, any one of the names that we use for the calendar months is never found in the Bible because it was never in existence. The weeks, the days of the week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back to Sunday. It's not Christian in its origin. It's from Constantine and some of these men that call themselves converted Christians that came up with these days. Sunday was really dedicated to the sun god. You know, like, and we go on and find that there are various, we can print it out and give you, but it won't help you. Uh, but we... I wouldn't change the day. I call it Sunday forever. Right? I'm living in a society that I can be strange and yet I must please God. So if I call it Sunday, is that a sin? No. And if I say they're, they're celebrating Christmas, is that a wrong thing for me to say? No, they're celebrating Christmas, they're celebrating Christmas. I preached a lesson some years ago and I said I wish every day was Christmas when people are nice to each other. But you see, after the New Year's, when the New, when the new Year's Eve comes and then the New Year's start, the same people that love you so much and it's Merry Christmas. You want to make somebody smile? Hey, Merry Christmas. I went into Metro this morning, um, uh, transgressed my ordinances, I uh, was searching for some nice blueberry scones. And um, when I went to Tim Hortons, all they had was junk with sweet. So I couldn't buy that because Brother Vid, I wanted to get some scones so when he gets up in the morning, he can find some nice thing that he can munch on. They didn't have all Tim Hortons has with all these kinds of coated stuff with junk. We love junk sometimes, don't we? And um, they didn't have it, so I got in my car and I said, the only place that might have it is Metro, and they opened at 8 o'clock. Well, it was 5 minutes to 8. And so I'm not going to tell you that I still had my pajamas on, but um, I went, drove by Metro, and I looked. There was not a lot of people inside, so I sneaked in quickly, and I'm smiling, so they look at my face and not my pajamas. I rushed through, and I went to the bakery section, and it says, you got scones? They said, too early, we haven't baked them yet. So I left the store disappointed. But you know, we want things 
to be there for people. We want to be kind. We want to be loving. Uh, you want to give somebody some money. If you find Christmas time is the only time you can give them, then give them. But when you say, I walked into Metro and uh, the first lady, they all know me. People know me. In my community, everybody know me everywhere. When I went into Metro, they were, I thought I was there. No customers are there. All the people working there know me. Hello, Merry Christmas. So what do I say? Somebody says, the first person that saw me said, Merry Christmas. So what did I say? Merry Christmas. If there was a Muslim there and he says, Salam alaikum, I gotta say, Kum salam wale, whatever that means. It means, you know, praise be to God or something like that, but it makes that man smile and he's gonna be my friend. What? Desmond said that. You know how many friends I have, Muslim friends, that are my friends because I give them that response? I don't know what it means, but I still say salam wale, kum salam wale. I hope that's not swearing, but um, it's responding to people. It's a time when be a Christian, put a smile on your face. Keep it after Christmas every other day of your life, of the rest of the year. And so when we look at Matthew's gospel here, Matthew talks about uh, the birth of Christ in chapter 1 from verse 8. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph that's engaged. Before they came together she was found with child. It tells us, Matthew gives us a different slant to this. And he goes on here that tells you that Joseph heard that his wife was pregnant so he wanted to leave her. But an angel appeared to him in verse 20 and told him that uh, his wife was conceived by a, a miracle from God. And uh, verse 21 says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. His purpose was to save people from his sins. Uh, today, tomorrow, the world celebrates his what? Birthday. Everybody say birthday. birthday. You know, I've been around for many years, and people celebrate his birthday every year. Wouldn't that be something, Brother Hammond, if I come to your house uh, celebrating your birthday, and they give the gifts to Sister Eunice? Sister Eunice get gifts, Nathan get gifts, Vanessa gets gifts, even Miracle get gifts, and you get nothing? Well, that's what happened Christmas time. They call it his birthday, they give him nothing. I make sure I put some offering in. It's not his birthday, so I'm not going to put it now. But he never gets anything for his birthday. Here is another thing for you to remember. Birthdays were never celebrated until Herod decided he wanted to celebrate his birthday and God kill him because he wanted the people to worship him and give him praise and give him happy birthday songs or whatever they did back there. But birthday was never celebrated. It's not a Christian thing. But anything is wrong in, in uh, Ethan celebrating his birthday and get some presents? Nothing is wrong. 
with being normal in society we're living in this society we have to eat the cucumbers and garlics of society without disobeying God so my friends what I'm telling you is that when you read these accounts you must be able to conclude and think for yourself turn to someone and says think for yourself can I hear you there you go we have to learn to think for ourselves don't let somebody else brainwash you think for yourself when I stand up here if you're just like a hippopotamus anything he tells me I believe you know I have a lot of people that say good things about me when they get in behind the pulpit brother Raleigh buttered me up today brother Joe buttered me up last night brother Terry buttered me up last night um, if somebody else comes up here they butter me up and I listened to that you honestly know what I believe I believe when you live the butter up I've heard people praise me worship me almost tell me all kinds of things and then turn around and want to kill me they did that to Jesus they said Hosanna in the highest one day a few days after crucify him and so I prefer you to live what I preach rather than to butter me up. Oh, if you want to do that, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't give me a big head and I get proud. No, no, no. God has humbled me with so many bad experiences in life that you praising me does not lift me up. Never. You can never lift me up. But a Hammond, no matter how much free hamburgers you give me when I come to McDonald's it does not make me feel like somebody is worshiping me no somebody is doing good because I do good too you know many people as I went to uh, people I took to McDonald's and buy them lunch and buy them coffee and muffin yes because it's a life we do that for each other Matthew describes the birth of Jesus but what is good about this here he says, Behold, as the scripture says in verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall bear a child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And then he gives a story about Joseph. Then we go to Mark, in the Gospel of Mark. And Mark does not give all this detail, and Mark was not an apostle. He was just a young man that decided he wants to write. And someone said he was one of the first ones that decided to put the gospel together. And he had a lot of things inaccurate. And Mark talks about, he does not even talk about Jesus like his birth as much as he talked about John the Baptist becoming the forerunner of Jesus. Preaching about one coming after him who is mightier than him. So Mark does not give us the birth of Christ. When you come to John's gospel, John does not give you the birth of Jesus, but he gives you the concept of how Jesus was in existence before the world was, and he helped the Father creating the worlds. John was a beautiful description of the uh, power of Jesus and he has power and he came to his own and his own received him not but to as many as received him to them he gave power to become the sons of God so John does a different aspect altogether the one that I like most of all is Luke and so when we turn to Luke the first chapter of Luke 
there is so much to read here, and this is wonderful, but Luke is writing, and Luke is writing the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles are two pieces of document that Luke wrote. He was not a Jew, he was a half-Jew, uh, he was more of a Gentile, but he was a doctor, medical doctor in that period of time, and he was writing to a man whose name was Theophilus. And that is why I believe his writings were not tampered with as much as the other disciples had things, you know, maybe tampered with their writings. And so Luke was the only one that talked about the day of Pentecost. Luke had accounts that he wrote that none of the other apostles or gospels had. And what I like about it here, he says, um, and verse, um, verse 27 tells you that Gabriel went to a virgin whose was espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Verse, 20, verse 30, and when the angel came to Mary, when the angel came to Mary in verse 30, and the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Go on, let's move. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy woman, bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. Now this is the part I want. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, means the son of God. And the Lord God, that's the highest, shall give to him the throne of his earthly father, David. So it looks like Jesus got two fathers. One, he's a son of God and he's a son of David, which makes him heir to the kingdom of Israel and the throne of David. The throne that was promised to David. We don't have time to get into all of these scriptures, but in 2 Samuel chapter 7, you'll find that there's more to be said. And here is what it says. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. We're looking forward for the time, not when President... Uh, Biden, I almost said Byron, when President Biden becomes again or President Trump or the Queen of England or the King of England or somebody else, Prime Minister, man's government is flawed. Don't criticize your pol political leaders, they'll always make wrong decisions. They will promise you good things to get into the office. And when they get into the office, they become targeted by the society and the community that they're governing because you can never please everybody. Someone said you can never please all the people all the time. Everybody say that. You can never please all the people all the time. But you could please some of the people some of the time. But you know what you should do? Please God all the time. That's most important. And so political leaders would reign and govern the world. But the Bible tells us that there's coming a kingdom when Jesus will come back and rule over Israel. Not that ungodly nation called itself Israel today. But they'll get converted. 
and they'll become dedicated. Not a bunch of rebels they have in Jerusalem today. We need to pray for them. And I don't know who to pray for, the Palestinians and the Israelites. I pray for anyone that is suffering because of a war. I'm not pro-Israel. I'm not pro-Palestinian. I'm pro-humanity. When I go down the street, I don't care who you are, if you're suffering, my heart goes out to you. And that's how you should be. We are here to care for anyone that's going through a problem. And so his kingdom, there shall be no end. And I'm going to wrap it up here because I look, I got less than five minutes left. And because God has promised a kingdom to his son, the scripture tells us that there will come a kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 11, and I'm going to read this very quickly, when Jesus, Isaiah is describing Jesus establishing the kingdom of God on this earth, and he's making some statements here, and he talks about Jesus, and it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. And a branch, Jesus is called the branch, he's called the rod, shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord God shall rest upon Jesus when, he's gonna, when he comes to rule and to reign. And not only the spirit of God, the spirit of the Lord, which is the Holy Ghost, but the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might and the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And he shall make him, God shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, nor reprove after the hearing of his ears. And preaching the gospel for so many years, I've learned to not judge after what I see or what I hear. You might come and tell me, tear up. You might come and tell me, Brother Raleigh, you saw him doing some things contrary. You might tell me whatever you want. I listen. But I'm never influenced by what you say. I must judge according to my feelings and my heart. I don't judge by what I see. He looks like he's funny. Maybe he's on drugs. No, I can't judge. And if he is on drugs and he is looking funny and he has got problem, my job as a spiritual doctor is to help him get the cure. That when he spends five years in the church and he comes out of that, whoever it is, man or woman, comes out of that, you can look back and says, I'm so glad I met you, brother, saying, and you give me an opportunity in life to change. And I have changed. I've made the changes. That makes me happy. That makes me feeling accomplished. And it says, next, and it says, And with righteousness shall he judge the poor when the kingdom of God is established, and we're tired with human government. He will, not, he will judge righteously. With righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. What comes out of his mouth is the word of God. The, the earth will be governed by the word of God, not man's government. It says, and with his breath shall he slay the wicked. 
Those that will transgress the laws of God and righteousness shall be his girdle and of his loins and the faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Next verse. And a wolf, when the kingdom of God is established, the carnivorous nature of the carnivorous creatures like the lion and the wolf and the tiger and all these things that would devour one another it will be changed and when the kingdom is established the wolf and the lamb shall dwell together and the leopard shall lie down with the kid they're not going to eat each other god will change them and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together they'll pray play and a little child will grab a snake. And the wolf and the cow and the bear shall feed together. Wouldn't that be something? The bear is not eating up the animal. And their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. This is prophesied in the Bible. Just like the birth of Christ was prophesied. Just like wars were prophesied. Just like so many things were prophesied. This was prophesied. It says, And the suckling child shall play in the hole of the ass, that's a poisonous snake. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the cockatrice's den and wouldn't get killed. They shall not hurt. Everyone read with me now. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Hold it. When you hurt and destroy people in the church, and in the society you live in, when all you do is gossip and condemn, and you don't see the good, you look for the evil in individuals. You're carnivorous in your nature. You like to devour flesh. That spirit will not exist in the kingdom, and it should not exist in the church. Give everyone a fighting chance. Come on, give everyone a fighting chance. If you're to rule and reign with Christ, you must have an attitude that you become a savior. Save people rather than destroy them. No matter what you tell me you are, what everybody is saying, I'm going to tell you something that will shock you. Go ahead. I've heard it all. I told someone, uh, the brother, brother Samir, I think I was telling him, when you go across immigration and they're trying to hassle you, give them a story they never heard. He's, I said, is there? I said, no, they heard it all. <laughs> I said, they heard it all. I said, but when you go this time, if they have a reason to stop you and hassle you, says, you know, when a police officer catch you speeding, say, officer, aliens got me and pushed my DX down. Yeah? Tell them something they never heard. Guess what? They heard it all. When you come up with an excuse and go to that immigration line, they heard everything. They hear thousands of excuses every day. And they look at your face and know you're lying. I do that. I look at your face and know you're lying a lot of times. And um, I don't put you in jail. It says, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. The reason why is because the earth shall be full of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. I'm done. You know, listen to me. 
I went over my time, sorry about that. The reason why you hurt people is because you lack the knowledge of God in your heart. If you start to listen to these messages and read your Bible and your mind is taken over by the Word of God, you will not hurt people. You will help people. You will not be judging people. You will not be condemning people. You'd give them a fighting chance. And so this time of the year, here is a song. I'll give you a bonus today. Here is a song that they sing out in Christmas time. And that you're allowed to sing. You want to sing this one? It's a, they call it Christmas carol. It's not a Christmas carol. I'm going to read it to you here. It's, a, it's beautiful. You all know it. It talks about when the kingdom of God shall come. Nothing to do with the birth of Jesus. It says, joy to the world. The Lord is come. That's when Jesus returns. Let earth receive her baby in a manger. No, let earth receive her king. And let every single human being on the planet prepare him room. And that time heaven will sing and nature. Plant life will sing. Animal life will sing. There won't be diseases and hurt on this planet. I'm looking forward for the kingdom of God. That Jesus when he sits on the throne of David. Heaven and nature will sing. Joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Let mend their songs. We're going to write songs. Love songs. I, love, I used to. I still think. No not really. I don't really love it. Chandra, you sitting at the back? She's not hearing. Oh, she hearing me. I love you because you understand, dear, every single thing I try to do. That's a love song. Or, yay, I'm going to change everything that holds a memory of you. That's if you break up. <laughs> One moment I love you, next moment we break up, I change, I throw the carpet out the door. No, all that kind of stuff. Songs would be written about God and the kingdom. While fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. Next verse, and it goes on, it says there, it says, no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessing flow, for as the curse is found. Next verse, is there another one? It says, he rules the world with truth and grace. I pray that God help me to rule the church with truth and grace. And makes the nation prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. That was what Christmas and the promise of Christ is all about. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for this day we spent in your house. We appreciate you dearly from the very depths of our hearts. Convert us, Father. Change our hearts. Give us an understanding that while we live in this corrupted world, we don't have to be fanatical, Lord, but we can serve you, pleasing you, obeying your commandments, and being an asset to society. Help us, O oh God to shine as lights and live the gospel that you want us to live. Save us from paganic, pagan, pagan customs and being in bondage to the elements of this world. Save us, please, Father, we pray.
Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen.